three EPs, and two DJs. This is Songs in My Head. everybody welcome back for another episode of songs in my head podcast for music nerds by music nerds uh back for another episode as always joined by my lovely co-host Kristen. hello and uh kind of back to the regular format this week um you know we had the we had the big episode 15 last time so we thought we'd take it a little easy on ourselves and uh do do a little trio of of eps uh because you know they're a little bit shorter and a little bit easier to to listen to consecutively right we both kind of had a favorite yeah yeah i would say we both had our favorite and then we both kind of had a collective favorite that we added in as well Mm -hmm. so um but how are you great yeah i'm good i'm doing good i'm just good I'm good. I'm doing. Yep, that's it. Doing great. And I, I'm doing the equivalent of two thumbs up. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I think before we we get into the albums, we should really be able to define what an EP is, because I think that's important. Now I'm a nerd, so I looked it up. I know, because the one time you were shocked. Yeah, so <laughs> an EP actually stands for Extended Play, which is something that I recently found out, and I was very surprised. Um, but it, it the way that it was described when I read it online was that it's it contains more tracks than a single, okay, um, but fewer than an album or an LP. Uh, and it's usually like four or five tracks. They try to keep it under 20 minutes. Usually like the magic number is like 15 minutes. Um, but it's also considered like easier to make for the artists. It's less expensive and like less time consuming. Like it's just kind of like they're just kind of getting in there to make music and get it done. Right. Um, so, and actually coincidentally, because of the, the nature of the albums that we're doing this time around, it's actually been long, long time popular with like punk music and indie rock music, which coincidentally is pretty much the wheelhouse we're in this week. Yeah. Um, we're sitting here wondering, I wonder what the first EP was because you know, LPs were, you know what I did look into it. Um, I knew you were gonna look. And it was like, it was legit like some classical music, hmm. like one of the first EPs, because it was like EP LP. Because like LPs, which is another thing I actually looked into, um, it's long playing or long play, um, and it was like LP was a term that was more commonly used with records because um, right. it was like analog sound storage, um, like a phonograph record, 
um, and it had a certain format. Like it was characterized by, like it had a certain RPM speed. I think it was uh, thirty-three and a third, um, twelve or ten-inch diameter. Now there were the EPs usually were uh, seven inches, sometimes ten. Um, and then of course, like the LPs used the micro grooves to actually put the music into it. Um, yeah. And then like an album to even take it a step further, the definition of an album is a collection of audio recordings that can be issued as a CD cassette, vinyl, eight track, Basically, any way that you can release music. So all LPs are albums. Not all albums are LPs. All LPs and EPs are albums. They can be. You said album is the way that you... Right. I know, I know. And like, it's it's just like a a difference of how many songs are on it. Because like an album is... It has to be at least 15 songs, I think. Which is kind of weird. I think it's 12 or 15. Really? For it to be, like, recognized as an album. Mm. And then there's, like, a certain... Or maybe that's the number of minutes. I think it's the number of minutes. Like, it has to be at least 15 minutes worth of music. So, like, they there were some that I read about where it was, like, a band released an album that was one song, but it was 26 minutes long. <laughs> so that was, like, their loophole around actually think it might have been the band yes (laughs) i think i can't remember exactly but so yeah it just i just wanted to kind of get that delineation out there so that that you know using the eplp cd dvr (laughs) all the 900 abbreviations for everything um but yeah i I mean i thought it was interesting reading into it yeah you know it's just it's just kind of cool to see how it, they kind of divide it up. Um, but I mean, like I know for sure that like EPs have always been like a long time, like more common way for a band to get like recognized or kind of stay relevant almost like right. they use it as kind of like a, Hey, we're still a band, but like we don't quite have enough material for a full length. So here's an EP with the stuff that we've been working on. It's like our remix episodes. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> We're still here, don't forget. Right? Like we still exist. We we didn't uh we didn't quit. Also, side note, um, happy one year anniversary for the show, guys. Um we totally missed it, dropped the ball on that one. I didn't realize what the date was. Uh it was the other day, actually. We're recording this. I don't even fucking know what today is. It's what day 31st. is it? It is the 31st of July. Uh, so what, the 20-something? 22nd? Well, that was when you posted it on the pod page on Instagram. For the so, first time. So Yeah, yeah it, we'll it was call, before that. But yeah. we'll, call the, we'll call it the 20th. Yeah, that sounds great. The 20th is the, the unofficial, official anniversary date of the first episode of the podcast. Yeah, so we've been doing this for a year. That's crazy. One whole year. 16 episodes. Let's hope to do more. I we're definitely I mean, we're gonna do more, but I mean more in more, a year. I think we're gonna try and be more consistent this year. We've got some great ideas. Oh yeah. Anyway, 
Anyway. So, the way that we're going to do this one, um, I'm going to do the EP that you gave me first, and then you could do the one I gave you, and then we'll just kind of talk about the one, because what we did is we actually picked another one collectively um, that is a band that we both really like and an EP that we both really like Mm -hmm. to kind of round out the episode. It's incredibly easy to choose. Oh, absolutely. We were both like, oh, yep, that's it. That's the one. So the first EP that you gave to me was uh, No FX, Never Trust a Hippie, (laughs) Um, which right by the name already I was in. And the cover art is hilarious. It's like a picture of like a Jesus looking character with a beer in his hand. Um, did you read anything about the cover art at all? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will let you. So the album was released, or excuse me, the EP was released um, March 14th, 2006. Um, interestingly enough, it was actually released to stream digitally two days beforehand hmm. by uh, Alternative Press, which I thought was like kind of odd. Well, they used um, to be much bigger, I think. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, it just it just was random that at that time, like, you, the internet was still kind of finding its its footing. Right. So, like, for alt for alt press to already be like, yeah, go ahead, stream this this music, like they were pretty forward thinking. Yeah. Because I I think weren't they one of the one of the magazines that like every now and then they did like a like a sampler issue i think so i know spin did yeah spin did that he did too occasionally yeah i think so anyway um so it was a total of six tracks uh total length of the album 13 minutes and five seconds so right underneath that like that magic number there um and they actually, what I read is that they had the, the cover of the album was done by a comic book artist. Uh, I believe his name was Rick Remender. And he apparently he's actually done a lot of artwork for uh, Fat. And I think I saw that he did some artwork for, um, what the, what's the record come? Asian Man. Oh, okay. I think he did some some cover artwork for them. Yeah, I was reading it, and they were saying that um, he had done, like, Marvel Image Comics. Oh, yeah. And, I, I read through his, like, his list of, of stuff that he's worked on, and he's worked for both major both major comic book releases, like DC and Marvel. He's done work for uh, Image, for <clears throat> Dark Horse, I think he had one on there. I mean, like, he had a a huge list of stuff. Well, that that's why I asked if you had read into it, because I know you being a huge comic book nerd. Oh yeah. Super nerd. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And like, you can tell kind of the artwork is really cool. Like I, I really liked the way it was designed. I think it was very suiting for, for <laughs> yeah. this album. Yeah. Um, the, the interesting thing I thought about this album, and you probably know this too, is that um, when it was released, it was released a month in advance of their 10th album, which was Wolves and Wolves Clothing. Yeah. Um, it seems like that was the like around the time when they started doing like album teasers. Like their EP would be like a, "Hey, something big's coming." Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, 
Yeah, because what they featured two tracks from their new album on this EP, yeah. which was the first two tracks. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I did read that and I thought that was kind of cool. I think that's, that's kind of interesting because I also read that they kind of used that, that tactic on a few of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I know I there also, was one around like coaster was the one that came out like 2009 maybe. And it had one of those as well. And I know like, um, when this came out, because I've been a fan since like the late nineties, that's when I started getting into them. They um like this album was like I was super excited when this came out. Yeah. I can imagine. Um but yeah, I also read that sometimes, and we actually talked about this prior to the show, that sometimes um even if the track was gonna be featured on the next album, sometimes the recording for the EP was different. Yeah, I know. By that. in by some degree, whether it was like a lyrical thing or the actual recording sounded different, or a word or two. Was yeah, changed. yeah. So I I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, they um, they do that a lot. I just didn't I didn't see exactly where it changed. And I mean, I've listened to both versions, but I probably just gloss over it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's definitely an interesting tactic. And I think it gives them a little bit more um, creative liberty sometimes. Oh, yeah. Where, like, they know they're going to have it on the next album, but they don't want to give you, like, the finished track. So it's almost like they give you, like, the, well, this track is going to be there, but here's a cool version of it or something mm-hmm. like that. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. So I guess I'll just dive right in. Just do the sure. Do the typical track by track, just like we do with our regular album episodes. Um, so the first track on the album is called uh, "Seeing Double at the Triple Rock," um, which I mean, like again, in true fashion, is like such a punch in the face to start you right off into this really strong opening. I love that opening guitar riff and everything. Um, there were a lot of like really subtle references in this song and um we both kind of talked about that and uh i'm interested to hear the ones that you dove into right well you you go first um well the triple rock is a reference to the triple rock social club uh in minneapolis minnesota which you know they they say in the song uh, when in Minnesota and you've got a drinking quota. So, um, so it was actually a, a bar music venue and restaurant. Uh, it unfortunately closed in 2017. Um, but I guess it was actually like a really popular spot. Well, it was co-owned by Eric von Kusen to Dillinger for. Yeah. So, I mean, being, you know, in a punk band, probably true more (laughs) right uh but i also read that um there's actually also uh a reference in a motion city soundtrack song i think they call it the t-rock or something yeah i can't remember what song it was open the door open the door okay but yeah so i I thought that was kind of cool um and then they also they also mention uh the name patty 
twice yes. in the song. I always thought it was P-A-T-T-Y for Same. years. Same. I thought they were talking about like some <laughs> random like lady that they were talking to at the bar. People are never random in their songs. No, but this this was uh, in reference to Patrick Paddy, P-A-D-D-Y, uh, Costello, who was the bass player for the Dillinger Four. And uh, so they were always talking to him when he was there because that was like one of his watering holes to hang out at. And then in the second, the second time they mention him, uh, he makes a comment. Um, how much more art can we take? And that's actually a reference to a tattoo yep. that Patty has on his chest. And like, I, I saw a picture of him and this dude just looked like he was in fucking outer space. Like he just looked so out of it, but like, he looked like they had just finished playing a show. Yeah. And like, he was just like, sweaty and like shirtless yeah um and it's like hey how much art can you take (laughs) yeah so i I thought that was kind of funny um but then like i thought it was cool that uh it also was uh the, the actual club itself was named after the church in the blues brothers uh which was the triple rock um baptist church who the the pastor was James Brown in the movie. Um, but I thought it was cool that they, that it was named after that. And there were some like big time, like religious type, like they were, they were using like a religious undertone to describe this as like their, their church. Almost. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that I liked is the religious metaphors that they use they yeah. talk about like their congregation, um, that their church of alcoholics can't break up the congregation, which, you know. I like when he says genuflecting on bar stools. Oh, yes. And then, uh, do you say key, key bump or key? Key kicks of communion and a long night of confessions. Do you know what the key kicks I do. is? It's cocaine. Yeah, I, I, it's like a like a key bump of cocaine. Yeah. So then, you know, the long night of confessions is like, you know, a church thing, but also, you know, how you, how you are when you go to the bar, you go out, you just meet up with friends and you just drink and talk and just have a good time. My, I think my favorite line in here is just like, I'm a religious drunk and this is where I pray. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and uh, I will say this is one of the few times when I can actually say this is that we, we did, in fact, watch the video. Oh yeah, for this earlier, uh, and it was great. It was amazing. Um, I forgot how much I liked it because um, I hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah, and it was so funny because like they just pushed even more into the religious side of things, like because they were all dressed like priests with like the, the black button-up shirts and the the collar and everything. And, and there were nuns. There were. There were women dressed like nuns. There was somebody dressed like Jesus that was turning water into wine. And like he split the crowd so he could get right up to the stage. And like, I mean, it was just in true, like no effects fashion, kind of the, he take a jab at something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think it was appropriate for the, for the way the song was written. I thought that it was pretty appropriate. And the fact that the song, the, the actual bar was named after 
the church from the Blues Brothers. Yeah, and I mean, if, if this is your life, like, you do it religiously. Right, right. So it was there was a lot of cool, like, juxtaposition to the way that they did the music video. Right. Well, I know the one thing I told you before this episode we were talking is um, when they say, when, when in Minnesota, you've got a drinking quota, you talk about being in Minnesota. Well, <clears throat> when I saw them live, I can't remember what they said, but it was when in Pennsylvania or when in, you know, and it, it was funny that they tried to make it like specific for the city or state that they were in. Which is really cool. Yeah. I think that's pretty awesome. Wouldn't it be funny if they sang the wrong place? Right. <laughs> Just were out of it and we're like, oh. <laughs> that would be really funny. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I liked, th- this is a great song performed live. This is one of the ones that um, I think I, they start off with occasionally. And it's. Oh, I'm sure this gets, crazy. I was going to say, I'm sure this gets the crowd wild mm-hmm. um so the next track is uh the marxist brothers uh which is like a really cool like i don't want to say ska more like a reggae kind of vibe like with the way that the guitar is and everything and like the the drum beat is kind of unique i feel like the guitar sounds like the clash kind of yeah Mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah like london, london calling. calling yeah okay okay yeah i could definitely see that mm-hmm. interesting yeah go back and listen <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's it's kind of funny because this this song kind of takes kind of takes shots at like so-called communists uh that like denounce capitalism but then use capitalism to 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 help feed their their following of being Mm -hmm. communists and they make jokes about that i mean like in the first in the first section where he says like uh i'll get this one put it on my card i get frequent flyer mileage so next time i visit the third world i won't have to fly second class right that's one of my favorite parts yeah um people's revolution is going to be podcast (laughs) I if that is not already a podcast, it needs to be. Oh yeah, right. Because like that would be such a great podcast. That that I just like the irony of it. I mean, they're they're just funny. Oh yeah. Yeah, the next verse about the anarchist book fair. Yeah. <laughs> left my hybrid at home. Right. Took took the bus. Left the hybrid at home. And then uh, when he when he talks about uh, scoring a a copy of a signed copy of the Communist Manifesto. Um, which I actually did look into. So did I. Uh, <laughs> this is why we do this podcast together, yeah, isn't it? because we're nerds. Um, so the Communist Manifesto was written by uh, Karl Marx and Frederick Engels in 1848. Uh, and it's basically, you know, it's, it's basically one of the most, like, well-known, like, works of communist literature that you know like was widely followed mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I thought that that part was funny when they made that reference because i was like yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's funny because you know they're pointing out too that somebody who's against capitalism and stuff is being materialistic right excited about like right purchases. so it's just like they're basically just saying fuck all to the things they believe because they want to get these material things and even that show the, that show that they're even yeah. in the next line um 
the next the next part of that section is is kind of twofold because it feeds into the capitalism portion of it but it also takes a jab at other political bands in the scene for being like they 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 kind of jab at them for being too serious yeah um but then he said he makes a comment about how he hopes his ebay bid is enough to secure a a copy of today's empires are tomorrow's ashes on soviet red vinyl um, which is by the band Propagandi, which coincidentally is a fat wreck band. Um, and that he's going to put it on the wall next to uh, Tub Thumper by Chumbawamba and the Battle of Los Angeles by Rage Against the Machine. I just, that that whole section right there is just such like a geniusly written section because you're just picturing like, this display wall of records and it's like oh, yeah the imagery is great like chumbawamba propagandi i picture him like hanging it up right this is why i love them because like his lyrics are just um yeah that was my favorite part i mean i looked into a bunch of stuff at the end um of course i um had to read up on the g8 because i was like protested the g8 and that made me think of the time years ago i thought it was like oh five years ago ten years ago but it was like 2009 in pittsburgh they had a g20 so like i was like i don't even know what the g20 was but the group of eight is what g8 is and it's a political forum where like eight countries um where the most powerful democracies in the world would meet um which there was like a lot of controversy i guess with russia like joining and dropping out and i guess this that one stopped in 2014 but like there's a g20 where there's like 20 groups that are like major economies of the world that meet and i was like huh i remember the g20 they made a big deal about it i had to work from home because they were like oh all this stuff might happen yeah so the protest g8 made me think of that i was like huh so i had to take a little you know i, I love when he says um he got her email address oh god yeah it was nice <laughs> By a oh gosh female police officer. Um, yeah. So I also had to look up that there actually was a, a red vinyl of that album, and there was. I figured there was. <laughs> the first album pressing was red. And it was five hundred and forty nine copies. And I was like, why is it that specific number? I was like trying to figure out if five four nine meant and something, but no. But yeah, they, <laughs> it was only five hundred and forty nine because they they were going to print five hundred and fifty, and somebody dropped one. <laughs> <laughs> like oh no oh, oh fuck oh beans <laughs> <laughs> oh biscuits but yeah i also looked into like the like the little ongoing feud between fat mike and propagandi just because i was like you know this is like low-key diss track yeah um yeah i guess i feel like that's like his his style oh, every yeah. all of his his diss tracks are just like super low-key diss tracks yeah they um they took some shots at him at that mic on their 2005 album um rock for sustainable capitalism and i believe um it had been going ongoing so fat mike wrote them into the song obviously to poke fun at them for taking themselves way too seriously um meanwhile he's their fucking boss yeah well <laughs> what can they say um i also took a little dive on tub thumper and chumbawamba which apparently, uh, they, uh, 
Chub Thumper, you know, sound like this big one hit wonder drinking song. But apparently there's like a whole thing about how um, Chumba Wumba was a, a punk band. You read this? Yeah. Yeah. So like I was like rabbit hole here about I was surprised, just surprised just because they were like initially like a, a DIY group for themselves. Like I mean, ago. like, have not, you ever, have you ever listened to that album? Yeah, it's it was not. It's just it's fucking weird. Oh yeah, not but great. like, okay, like it's not great, but it's also not terrible. Yeah, because well, like it's been years. It, it's also been a really long time since I've listened to it, but like, I do remember it being pretty, pretty outside the box. Like yeah. it definitely was like non-linear thinking when they made that. Yeah, well, I was just surprised to, to find out that they were, like, anarchists. <laughs> yeah. And that tub-thumping is a British slang for political campaigns. Yeah. But, I mean, everybody assumes it's a... Well, I mean, there is references to drinks and whatever, but... Well, the okay, so the actual song is a political reference, but, like, the lyrics of the song make it sound like a drinking song oh yeah but i mean if you think about like get knocked down and get up again it's yeah it's vague i mean yeah i mean it's very vague but (laughs) hey whatever hey whatever if you want to drink to it sure (laughs) Sure. i just thought it was interesting because i mean i always thought that they were just like a one hit right but they had this whole like past so the next song uh is actually a cover song uh, called Golden Boys. Um, so it's a cover of a song. The original song was recorded by the band Vagina Dentata, uh, which was kind of like the the aftermath of the breakup of the punk band The Germs in the 80s. Um, but then it was also recorded by the see the guitar player it was Pat Smear. Pat Smear. Yeah. Um, but he was in both. He was in the band, but then he also had a solo project himself. So it, he's actually technically recorded the song twice. <laughs> um, but I did listen to both of them, and I think that the No Effects version is closer in style to his solo version versus the full band version right right um yeah that i had heard of the germs i don't know i had never really listened much to them um i don't even know that i can name anything besides (laughs) um but yeah written by darby crush who you know that was the last song that he'd written yeah until he before he died of a heroin overdose heroin an intentional heroin intentional yeah so i was reading something he had apparently there was a suicide pact he had with a girl or something and they were going to uh yeah neat yeah apparently like there's a subject of movie or documentary yeah i meant to look look back on it um but yeah pat smear went on to record the song with vagina which apparently means teeth yeah (laughs) i just i mean i knew it means teeth because the visual <laughs> yeah, it's actually like yeah. one of those like weird like urban legend medical things. Yeah, um, and there's actually a horror movie 
Yes, I remember. Called <laughs> Teeth that actually has a direct reference to that very thing. Right. Um, I actually found out too that Belinda Carlisle was originally in the Germs. Really? Yeah. Originally, she was in the band. She was the drummer, which. Whoa. Yeah. yeah like, and then she cleaned up and became like the front of the Go Go's, and then solo artist. Random. Yeah. I mean, all I can think of Belinda Belinda Carlisle is uh. But heaven on earth, or whatever the, the pop stuff that she did was. I it reminded me of the conversation we had where you know somebody became like much more famous alone, right? Than they were with whatever band. Yeah, sting. Um, mm-hmm. It's the sting effect. And then I found out that Pat Smear was uh, later Nirvana for a bit and Foo Fighters, or played with both of them. Yeah, so I re- I did read that that he like he subbed in on some shows with Nirvana. And then he, he's a fighter of food. He he was a foo fighter. Uh, he stayed friends with. Um, wow, there we go, Dave Grohl. Jesus, he stayed friends with Dave Grohl afterwards. And um, I'm trying to think which album it was. Uh, I forgot to write it down. I didn't write it. Down. It was. One of their first few albums, he actually like exclusively was like guitar on the whole album. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Color and the Shape. Yeah, he he was actually he played guitar on that whole album with them. I actually think he he toured with them a little bit too. On the one uh, message board thing that I was reading, um, it was like the message or the uh, not the message board the comment section on YouTube under the video of his recording um somebody commented like how awesome would it be if he was touring with the foo fighters and they played this song live with the foo fighters as his backing band and let him sing the song and i was like that would be amazing seriously let dave Grohl get on the drums for old time's sake um yeah i mean i i really like this song this is one of my favorites i think yeah Um, and i like right i think it's it's kind of funny too because like when you mentioned that there was a cover song on here but you didn't tell me what it was and you read that out so i didn't want to tell you (laughs) but i just guessed yeah but it's only because when i listened to this song it didn't sound like a song that that they would have written right it just like stylistically like on a music level it sounds like a song they would write but lyrically it doesn't sound like anything they would write so i knew this had to be i'm impressed a cover but yeah I'm I, really, you to an effects fan. I really like this song though this this was a cool version i thought it was a really cool like nod back to like the pat smear version and everything and like yeah and i really like mike's vocals on this one just because like i don't know i feel like it's almost pushes the limit of some of the stuff that normally that he would sing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I couldn't find very much about, I mean, obviously there's religious stuff and whatever, but like, I couldn't find an actual. I couldn't find anything about that, that little opening section <laughs> where they all are singing acapella and clapping. And it's just, it's just awful, but it's hilarious because they're just being really like silly. I couldn't find anything about that either which is 
sad because I I'm I'm very curious to know what that was about. Yeah. I think it was another one of those like they were just goofing around and the mic was on and they just did something and Mike was just like, you know, just leave it. Just leave yeah. it on there. Yeah, there's a bunch of those. Yeah. And they're great. Um but yeah, I mean there's like the the religious part of it and talking about war and stuff like that. So there's really no specific like meaning, but Yeah, I mean it, it kinda I think it kinda had like that dual meaning to right, it. Right, right, right. Um now the next song does clearly does not have dual meaning. <laughs> um the next song is uh it's called You're Wrong. And they're not beating around the bush with this one. No. No, they did not pull any punches <laughs> on this one. And I love it. Because it's so different. Um because the whole thing is acoustic. Uh it's acoustic, but it doesn't feel acoustic, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I think it's maybe just kind of like the way he he sings it. Um, but like, it's a pretty powerful song. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like the message in it is really, really, it's big. Like, you know, because he's really, really calling some people out. Um, Everyone. Yeah. I, I mean, made a like, list. <laughs> did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> in ludicrous fashion, <laughs> I made a list. Um, I mean, I, I made a list, but it was more of like the, the highlight things that I, I thought was, uh, yeah, was interesting. But I mean, I know right from the beginning, he, right out of the gate, he bashes, um, what was his name? Oh, um, Sean Hannity. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Right out of the gate. He picks Christianity first and Sean Hannity second. (laughs) Um, but yeah, a couple of the highlights in the song for me, um, was was the line hating queers and eating steers or excuse me hating queers yeah um but actually it was it was, i read that it actually has like a, a kind of a layered meaning to it because part of it is like how hating lgbtq plus is wrong because i know mike is like a huge advocate for for that for the lgbtq plus yep. community and everything um but also it's it that is wrong as is the over farming of of cattle for human consumption because he was like he's he's been like an on and off again vegan yeah i think um i don't know how long he's been vegan but i know they like took a stance on it for a long time yeah but i mean like that's cool i mean at least he's not douchey about it like he's just like yeah it's wrong but like whatever um but but then also it's a very subtle reference to uh a line from uh full metal jacket which is only steers and queers come from texas yeah um i i really love well and it's when, when you're making that reference, uh, it's Texas is a Republican state, which is in itself wrong. Um, I like the <laughs> the hard jab at Ann Coulter. Um, specifically the line, cunted cunt. Uh, I just, just the delivery of that line is just, 
as fucking chef's kiss. I just love the way he says it because he he makes sure to like enunciate it in such a way that you're like, oh, 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 double C bombs, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, one of my favorite lines was, was um, well, I like that. And um, the one about, yeah, if you think her reproductive rights are consequent, inconsequent. I liked how he rhymed because I don't remember which one he rhymed with, but I was like, oh, government. Yeah. And I was like, huh, it kind of does rhyme. I like that. And then at the end where he said getting high on the down low, it's also a song by no effects called getting high on the down low. It's on wolves and wolves clothing. So it's really, kind of like, yeah. So it was on the next album. So it was like a little nod, nod to, one to of that their songs. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Did you look into uh, Cointel pro a little bit? Yeah. So Cointel pro is the counterintelligence program. Um, it's basically a collection of illegal projects conducted by the FBI, gross, uh, and aimed at surveilling, infiltrating, discrediting, and disrupting domestic American political organizations. I read that and I was like, oh, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading, um, I was reading about that and I, I listened to a podcast about, um, it was not about like political stuff, but it was uh, illegal experiments that they were doing on people and stuff and i forget what it was but just yeah there's a lot more under the surface that we don't know but people you know conspiracy theory oh yeah i always i love conspiracy theory stuff uh but yeah i i i really love this song and i i love how just like unfiltered he is through the whole song because it's like he's not saying anything that is incorrect like it's all pretty factual like <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah. celebrating columbus day <laughs> oh man that part kills me um so the next song is everything in moderation and in parentheses especially moderation um <laughs> And I, I gotta say, this song is is really fun because it's like he's taking a kind of a shot at himself for being for being like kind of an old man in a band. Kind of, it's like basically like becoming an aged rocker while still acting like a young punk. Yeah, and yeah. like I love the line when he says like um, when he says my my liver is burnt. Oh, yes. Is it liver or kidney? Liver. My liver is my senior part. But that's a part you can trade in. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously we know why his liver would be a senior part. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's him looking back and, and where he thinks, you know, where I guess society says you should be at, you know, 39 or whatever. And I'm laughing because I'm older than that now. But like where he, he thinks he should be versus where he is now. Right. You know, green hair and staying out late. And, um, but yeah, I might be an adult, but I'm still a minor at heart. It's like my favorite part. I like when he says, uh, still get excited with the adolescence play. I love that. I mean, especially considering that like the adolescents are literally just as old as no effects, I think, within a couple of years. Yeah, I think so. I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure they, they came out like right around the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to, 
I looked that up, but I don't remember what I found because I was more focused on like the Ramones than the line where they said, when your band has been a band longer than the Ramones. Critics coin you the pop, punk rock Rolling Stones, which of course I couldn't find and where that was specifically said, but I was like, ugh, Rolling Stones. But I mean, it makes sense. Oh, it does. I mean, because like the Rolling Stones, even though they're just a gross, disgusting piece of shit rock band, um, it's kind of a compliment. Oh, yeah. Because like, they're huge. Like they they are somehow, even though they're garbage, they're synonymously known for rock and roll. So like, yeah, nineteen eighty is when the adolescents were formed. So three years before No Effects. Is that right? Yeah. But yeah, the, I was like, oh, the Ramones were in the seventies. So I had to do this math and figure out that in you know they they were a band until ninety six. So that's twenty two years. No Effects at the time this was recorded was twenty three years a band. And they still are. Mm-hmm. So they just put out music, what, two months ago? Yeah, singles album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have so much oh, so yeah. much they've stuff. Been, they've been releasing music pretty And no signs of stopping. I mean, Mike has his side Pokey the Cloud project and his solo thing. and Well, not to mention the fact that he's on again, off again with me first. And, you know, he's always working with whatever other artists he can. I was wondering not to mention because you, you say not to mention that and then you mention it. I always wonder why people say that. <laughs> right, it's kind of like the um, what's the, what's the one term that people use often? Oh, no offense, but and then they tell you something that's really offensive. Oh yeah, yeah. How in the world could you think that? that right, was it's it? like that's like saying, "Oh, it was the last place I looked." Well, no fucking shit it was the last place you looked. If it was the first place you looked, you would have stopped looking. Idiot. But that would have been the last place you looked. But that would have been the last place you looked, too, I guess. So, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So, um, the the EP rounds out with (laughs) the last song on the album, which is... I'm going to hell for this one. Um, And I, I love it because it just paints this paints this picture of this this just like like gutter punk jesus character like just rebellious boozing druggy jesus that comes back from the dead the guy in the video (laughs) yeah that comes back from the dead strictly for the the purpose of collecting his bmi royalties and kicking mel gibson's ass but i just i just love the way that they put this song together like the lines in it are just so good. Like when he meant when he mentions kicking Mel Gibson's ass and he says like um superstar passion of the just it's just so weird the way he he like phrases it, but it's hilarious. Yeah, I like the the verse where he's like he thinks Christians are insane. They don't know love, they know fear and moral hauteur. I don't mean, I don't remember how he said it. Scare tactics I never taught. Yeah. <clears throat> so of course I had to look up what that word was and it was an obnoxious display of overbearing pride and superiority and I'm like hmm yeah As, um, yeah. I like when he says he's uh, he's been around 2,000 years uh, how's he say it been around 2,000 years fixed a lot of sports drank a million beers but he, the way that he says beers cracks me up because it makes me think of Dropkick Murphys. Oh, uh, yeah. Like the way he says he says beers. 
I didn't even notice that, but yeah. Because he says, been around 2,000 years. He oh. kind of says it with like a Boston accent to it, which is kind of funny. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to pay more attention. Um, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. So many shots at organized religion in this album. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. And I, I just think that it it this is just like one of those like, this this EP is such like a nugget of of just fun. Like it's just... It's just it was it's just really well done in six songs. So you would say you liked it? I loved it. Good. I'm yeah, glad it's I great. I'm glad I chose because I was between a few different ones, but this is my favorite. Do you have a favorite on this album? So hard to pick. It's, so hard to pick. It's between Golden Boys and um, C Double the Triple Rock. But now, oh god, I'm, you're wrong. Is so good too. I was gonna say now, if we're talking just like my favorite like like punk song seeing double to triple rock for sure yeah but like my favorite song on the ep is you're wrong i because i oh god i feel like it just is such a powerful song and it really i think it really shows fat mike's versatility mm-hmm. um as a songwriter as a musician i really think that like it just makes him just it should just elevates him to such like a a different standard of musician what were you gonna say i was just gonna say the only reason i say golden boys is just like his vocals oh yeah they're know, fantastic I've to so much so much of his stuff and i'm just like oh. <laughs> i have a low-key crush on fat mike i'm not gonna lie um <laughs> i mean there's nothing wrong with that oh no no but it's funny because you know like and years ago I had friends that were like oh this hot hot guy in the punk band and I'm like yeah I like Fat Mike <laughs> right <laughs> give me the give me the silly <laughs> the silly crazy one <laughs> hi hi it me yeah so I'm glad you liked it yeah um, I did. I've been trying to slowly convert you to uh <laughs> it hasn't been very difficult. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean it's it's adjacent to a lot of stuff you liked already. So oh yeah, I figured it was an easy. I mean, when when I when you found out that I was such a big Me First fan, like you you pretty much knew that yeah. it was going to be easy to to get me into No Effects. Well, right, definitely. All right, so my turn, huh? Yeah. Okay, so you gave me the um, All Hallows EP from AFI. Um, It's released October 5th, 1999 on Nitro Records. Um, I had to look up just a little bit about AFI because, I mean, I saw them live back in, it's probably 98, 90-something, 2000, somewhere in there. Um, I saw them when I first worked tour. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they were probably at one of the warp tours I was at, but we I've went seen to them. Their show. I've seen them twice, but it was both at a warp tour. But but they were the first one that I went to. Yeah, if my friend Christy's listening, we yeah, I remember standing right in the front. Um, some girl, I don't know, got slapped by David Havoc or something. He touched her, and she's like, "I'm never gonna, never gonna wash my face." Oh, of course, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this EP uh, explored the horror punk genre and. Um, that's interesting. Um, this is the AFI that I remember. I know I told you. I'm like, mm, AFI is not really my thing. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I will listen to more. I think. I think being like. 
I, th- I think for me, what it was was all the the woes. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the, the woes. woes. I get it. Why? I understand. Why do I hate the woes? I don't know, but I, I was kind of describing this to you a little bit earlier, and I'll go into it a little bit now. That I feel like when you talk about the band AFI, you really have to talk about them in two schools of thought. Yeah. Because there's a certain point where AFI, it literally is when they leave Nitro. As soon as they switch from Nitro Records and they release Sing the Sorrow, completely different band. It's it's like listening to a different band. Not in a bad way. It's just they right. progress musically with right. every everything after. I'm trying to think in their in their discography, the last album they have on Nitro, I believe, is "The Art of Drowning," which came out right after this one. Right, and then they signed their first like bigger like major label deal, quote unquote, which I think I can't remember what. I used to know. I, it's one of those like I used to have random knowledge of like what bands were on what labels because well, now it, we're filling with so much new knowledge that you have to yeah i have to, to purge some yeah as well, Bin, binge and purge um but yeah so like they they've progressed so much over the years but like i don't know this was the afi that i that got me into afi and then i and i've been hooked ever since um yeah well this ep is 13 minutes exactly yeah and which is intentional you know being a four family. four songs yeah four songs 13, 13 minutes. minutes um i read that it has a mood of perpetual halloween which i was like i like perpetual halloween i'm for it i'm for it um i just want you guys to know that um since we have been talking about doing this album and at, up until recently and i'm going to uh i'm going to show it to you once we're done and I might actually include a picture of it uh, in the the pictures that I put up on the Facebook page. I recently acquired the the EP record version of this album, um, and it's on orange vinyl, which is hella exciting. Uh, I got a really good deal on it on eBay. I'm going to put it on my wall. I'm just going to say, we're going to hang it next to Dubs up there. Yeah. And the <laughs> battle of Los Angeles, probably. Cool. Yeah, no, I was, I just, I, I, I own this already on CD and I had only recently found out that they pressed this on orange vinyl. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, I don't care if I don't ever even get a chance to listen to it just to own such a cool piece of vinyl from a band that I really enjoy. And so, like, I was, like, scouring over the internet to try and find it. And it was always like, oh, yeah, you could pay out the ass for it and you'll get it. And then all of a sudden, recently, there's been, like, I don't know if they've just done, like, another pressing, maybe, which is fine. Yeah. But there have been some that have just been popping up lately. So I was well, super congratulations. happy. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, I read some reviews that said that... Um, this was reminiscent of early, the early Misfits uh, when, you know, the, the Glenn Danzig days. Um, you know, he's taking vocal cues from Danzig. And we'll find out later that, you know, there is a Misfits cover on here. Um, anyway, then I read about the cover art. Accidental theme. 
Every time, guys. Every time. We always find a way yeah. to... One cover on each album, on two 13 of, minute long. One cover on two of the albums that we gave... The albums that we gave each other. And like you said, roughly 13 minutes. Yeah, we just happened to pick these. Um, I read about the cover art and... I was always curious about the cover art. It was done by someone named Alan Forbes, who's a rock music poster artist. So he specifically does like music stuff. Um, he also did the Art of Drowning cover. So, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah. very similar. Um, it's very cool. Both covers. Because I looked. Um, I didn't get a chance to see what else that he had done. But he had done some like big posters for bands. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Um, I guess I'll get into the tracks. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one of the things when I was researching, there isn't much about the lyrics. Because, you know, I was reading that... Davey Havoc keeps it intentionally vague on a lot of things. It doesn't really speak about like what the songs mean. Um, so the first track is Fall Children, which um, I wrote down. It starts off slow, like an ominous, <laughs> slow, ominous guitar. Yeah. Um, in an interview years later, it said that Jade was talking about the song and said, there's a lot of those woes that came from Rancid's first record. They were famous for it. And I was like, huh. I mean, I like Rancid, but like maybe that's, I don't know, maybe, maybe. just a little too many woes. I was, that's when it like the light bulb hit. I'm like, it's the woes, but that's okay. I'm, I'm going to give them a solid chance. Um, yeah. So it was like, it starts off slow, the ominous guitar and Davey sings kind of low to like match the music. Um, but then it, um, there's lots of references to Halloween and fall children who celebrate Halloween. Um, I love how it ends with like a music box, like eerie, yeah. eerie music. Um, so yeah, my my best friend, big fan of AFI and big fan of Halloween, and it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love this, I love this this little EP because it's like such a, it's such a rare, like treat of an album. Like when you listen to it, because it it like, it kind of tells you like a little bit of a story. Oh yeah, it was a great like, way to start this album too. Because like it's it's like this is like the like the the kids all getting excited for like Devil's Night, like All Hallows Eve, and like yeah, yeah. As the cries start to penetrate, still air this day we celebrate. The wait now ends. Right. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. So yeah, that's it's reminiscent of that, you know, anticipation when you wait for. You but know. I I love it because like after it goes through that really like ominous guitar riff opening, then it just, it just jumps right in and it is just like unapologetically SoCal punk. Like it just blasts right into it. Like, so, and, and really they, they keep that energy throughout the whole, the whole 13 minutes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Which is impressive. Um, yeah, so um, track two is Halloween, and this is a cover of a Misfits song, um, but apparently not the only Misfits cover that they had done. They also did Last Caress, which was one of my favorite Misfits songs, um, and Demonomania. I don't know that Misfits song. Um, but Halloween was originally released in 1981 in the Glenn Danzig era of the Misfits. Um, but yeah, lyrics are dark, mostly. You know, dead cats hanging from poles, burning bodies hanging from poles. 
All these things are hanging from poles. A lot of poles. <laughs> Candy apples and razor blades. Um, but I think that this kind of this song kind of feeds into the 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 trick side. Oh yeah. Of Halloween, and I mean, like you were saying, this is their venture into like horror punk. Yeah. So I think this definitely was a, a really appropriate choice for. Now, have you listened to the original? It's been a while, but yeah. Yeah. It's pretty close. Oh yeah, I honestly. So. Um, I mean, like, now I know he's probably gonna hunt me down. He's gonna try and fight me for this. But Glenn Danzig's vocals are really fucking boring. I'm sorry. Mother is a great song, Glenn Danzig, but like, the vocals on this song, he sounded like he was not excited to be singing this song. I don't know if maybe it was just the recording I listened to, but I don't know. <laughs> but overall the feel the vibe everything like davy's uh vocals are are pretty like reminiscent but he puts his own like because if you've noticed i mean he has a very specific like mm-hmm. i don't even know how to describe it's almost like a snarl like he's got that like really like guttural like scream sing that he does yeah it's like it, that's just that's his thing like yeah and i wasn't really really into screaming so that probably is also part but of you know what like it's not i know it's not screaming in the sense that like you would think it's more of like just like a like an angry punk kind of scream right um yeah um yeah so this track ends with the um banging piano sounds which um i was reading and it said that like everyone after recording was, was doing it and like for fun and i was like well that's interesting just picture i actually pictured like i don't know the sesame street guy that was like bang on the piano <laughs> see <laughs> <guy> I, smiling. <laughs> for some reason i thought that it was one of those um those instruments that they use for like horror movies yeah because that's what it sounds like I know. I think some one of the interviews or something that I read was asking like what I can't think of what that's called. Yeah, so I mean I, I like this one just because I mean I, I, I do like the misfits. This one was I mean darker than the first. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, I, that, it was a good track. Track three. The boy who destroyed the world, which I, in my head I keep calling it the man who sold the world. I know, I, it, it's definitely that the title is just somehow woven into their Nirvana song. Right. So this is described in some album reviews um, that AFI's gothic influences are perfectly married with bad religion style melodic hardcore. And I was like, bad religion. <laughs> Which you're a fan, so. <laughs> I'm not not a fan. It's just another. I get it. It's the same kind of thing. Everybody loves Raymond of. Uh... <laughs> no, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> No. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, so it was on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Yeah. Um, which I know well, how you are about Tony Hawk. <laughs> so I love Tony Hawk. And there's a meme that I saw recently that basically says that I'm dead because I do, which is fine. Um, but Tony Hawk is is one of those soundtracks that is just, it's it's a gem. Like, it's so synonymous with bringing forward, like... And it's deliberate because a lot of it is like the skaters oh, yeah. select the songs that are on the soundtrack. 
and they build their own soundtrack. So like that one in particular, two of the songs that always stand out to me on the Pro Skater 3 soundtrack are this song, which is Boy Who Destroyed the World, and uh, Motorhead's Ace of Spades. And they're just like, (laughs) this is going to sound silly, but it's like, it's the equivalent of like when you when you work out and you put music on that like gives you motivation to well, like right. to like push yourself it's like when these songs come on it just makes you like just get more into it like well yeah it's the vibe i mean it's like the 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 mood they want to set absolutely yeah yeah so like it definitely suits that soundtrack and i know we've talked before about how like video games and stuff um, influenced a lot of music and you know there there weren't a lot of ways to get music so you know it's great that they incorporated so much punk stuff with right. the video games because I mean there is a lot of overlap with you know this the skate people and the, and the punks and yeah. whatever so I mean they're hitting the right audience absolutely I mean and like I, I think too that it like because like I've been playing the the Tony Pro, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake um like pretty much religiously lately uh and it really is interesting when you look at the soundtrack for that one because they did this thing where they they have like 80 percent of the original soundtrack but then they also added in a bunch of new artists Mm -hmm. to it which is kind of cool um but like yeah like even that one like it exposes you because like one of the most well-known songs on there is Superman oh, by yeah. Goldfinger. Um and like but like that's on there you have Less Than Jake, um Melancholin. <clears throat> uh what the hell is the name of that band that Mike Carrera is in? Please help me. Um, MXPX? MXPX is on the soundtrack. Um, the Ataris. I mean, like, there's just a ton of music on there. And it's just like, but then also, like, there's also, like, um, Anthrax, like, the, the song they did with uh, Public Enemy is right. on there. So, like, they also have, like, it's like a big mix of like rock and rap and like just it really encompasses a whole scene so for a song like this to be on there it makes a lot of sense yeah well i mean i've seen i for some reason public enemy it fits in with punk to me because of the message oh for sure i mean yeah, yeah they're definitely they've always been one of those like rap groups that totally fits in um yeah so um the song and I think I read this in the review and I totally could get it is it's like subtly about growing up and like the loss of innocence and the boy had a glow that was like taken him from him. And like, oh. as you grow up, you start to lose your glow and you see like what the real world is like in society and everything. So oh, if you think wow. of it that way, that's not how I thought about it. Um, yeah. But that's I, way nicer than what I was thinking. Well, I thought it was about the death of a child. You know, I thought so too, but I feel like it was more metaphorically. Yeah, that makes sense. A death I think of your childhood or your innocence yeah. of your child. Yeah, you know, that makes and, sense. Um, that's how I like to look at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the lyrics that stood out to me were "Remember when we were all so beautiful, but since then we've lost our glow." Right. And like, 
boy, do I feel like that a lot of times. Um, I think I really like this one a lot. Um, I guess maybe just the message or the almost story like. I think it's a lot of stuff. It it hits home because it's a good message and it's a good story to it. But then also, like, it's just a really well-written punk song. Like, it just, it from start to finish, it's just like, it just is energy. It just pulsates for for however long the song is. Like, it just, it's a good song. It's a a really fun song. Um, Yeah, so that just leads to the fourth track, Total Immortal. Um, Speculated to be about a vampire. But not confirmed. I saw that. Yeah. But like, it kind of makes sense. When you listen yeah. when you listen to the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. Um well, best you can. It's released as a single and had a video, which I didn't get to watch. Um Yeah, com- I read about the video and it just sounded kind of boring. Covered by the offspring. Did, used in me and myself and Irene. Did you listen to it? <laughs> no, I wanted to. Uh <laughs> It's interesting. I'll say that. I'll play it for you when we're done. Okay. Um, and if I can find it, I'll put it on the playlist. I already kind of looked. I didn't see it anywhere in particular. Um, do you know why it's ironic? Well, they were label mates. Oh. Yeah. Oh, duh. Nitro. Yeah. So they were, I believe they were both still on Nitro. Okay. Yeah. I always at, forget. Because... At the same time. I always forget because I think I started listening to Offspring when they were at Epitaph. Right. Like Smash was their first one on Epitaph. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So the thing that I read, I think, describes it better than I would and just said, you know, the heavy bass riffs and chanting chorus is the quintessential AFI song. And I was like, yeah, I feel like See, this has the feel of it to me. And it's funny, too, because I've listened to this this EP for years and I always thought that this was that this was their cover song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said, oh yeah, and we then both when have you were a like, cover. And then when you were like, no. oh yeah, we both have a cover on there. I was like, oh yeah, Total Immortal. And you were like, no. <laughs> no, it's Halloween. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? And you're like, yeah, The Misfits, Halloween. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah, you're right. God damn it. I love your face when I tell you something that you didn't know and like it just like Okay, but like listening to this song <laughs> I know. It definitely sounds like it could be a misfit song. Well that's why when I was reading the reviews and they were saying that it like he you know was reminiscent of the early misfits and I was like, Well yeah, because like yeah, I totally get it. Um Yes, I mean overall I, I I liked it. Yeah. As much as I you know said before that i wasn't a fan of afi i could get there i could see sure and it was short enjoyable yeah 13 minutes yeah i mean i i just think it's a really fun it's a really fun ep and i i've really enjoyed it for a long time and i'm glad that you did too yeah to check out the uh the vinyl your halloween yeah (laughs) yeah so i'm 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 glad that you enjoyed it. Um, I'm also glad that like you, your standout track was one of my favorites also. Oh, really? Yeah. 
I've always liked Boy Who Destroyed the World. I think it's a great song. I've had it on many a playlists. I could just stop calling it The Man Who Sold the World. <laughs> right. Um, so before we get into the last EP, uh, I thought it would be fun to take a take a quick breather and get into our favorite segment, which is... That's my new band name. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know... Every episode, we try to have some some really fun uh, conversational band names that we've that we've had over over the time between the episodes. Uh, so I have a couple. Um, the first one was uh, "Nighttime Funeral." Oh, yeah. I don't know why that stood out to me. I don't know where I heard it. I think I know where I heard it. Where? Um, remember, I saw the weird guys in the suits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, I saw these weird guys in suits at, like, midnight walking on the street. And they looked like they either came <laughs> from a midnight funeral or a ska band. Yeah. Yeah, you were, like, 100% ska band. Uh, yeah, so Nighttime Funeral was one of them. And uh, Common Mongoose was the other one. I don't know. I don't know why. It was just something that I recently read in in a in a something i don't know where i saw it but like i read it and i was like that'd be a cool band name common mongoose that's they they would be on the bill with screeching weasel yes that's where the okay i was like it's got a vibe of some band that i can't place and yeah totally yeah um i had a bunch good um three-way handshake this is (laughs) thanks to a class that i had to take about um networking um i'm computer nerd um that's no secret nope um so yeah i've had a lot of interesting classes and when i heard three-way handshake i just started laughing um we were joking about you know what our i said their first track would be it's not that oh the cloud is just someone else's computer and then you were making you know we were making our silly jokes about i mean you can't you can't have a nerd uh a computer core band without having a song about floppy disks oh yeah that'd be nerd core band definitely absolutely um yeah is that my is that your hard drive are you just happy to see me a bunch of <laughs> right i mean we went on for like a good 15 minutes oh yeah yeah we we don't we don't let these die um i wrote this one down and i might have said this on another episode but i don't think i did serendipitous kill which is from a list it was a meme that it was like um what if ai um generated a list of cat names and one of the cat names it generated was oh, yeah. <laughs> serendipitous kill. I mean, there were some great ones, but that one. That one was like, why would you ever name a cat that? <laughs> and those things where they, they say, oh, we fed the, the AI, you know, so many hours of Olive Garden commercials or whatever. Oh, God. I love when it's like, <laughs> we fed the AI, like, X movie script. Oh, yes. And then they have it, like, write its own movie script. Oh my God, they're always so good. Yeah. So yeah, that one was from there. Um, Shuttlecock Speed, which was on the radio when they were talking about the Olympics. And uh, Mikey and Big Bob were like talking about the Shuttlecock Speed. <laughs> and I just laughed. Because apparently they're super fast. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> shuttlecock is just a funny word right yeah um cataclysm which is from um <laughs> show my daughter likes which i actually like a miraculous ladybug or miraculous i think it's just called miraculous yeah it's just called miraculous um but yeah this this the one um 
like characters. power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, meat saucer. I don't remember where that was from. <laughs> I don't either, but it, it's. It has a meat puppets vibe. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that. It just makes me think of meat puppets. Um, yeah, and my favorite of the whole list is the Filthy Kevins. Oh my god, Filthy Kevins is just... It came from a meme about Sloppy Joes, and what if Sloppy Joes were called something different? And the Filthy a filthy Kevin was my favorite. And I was like, oh my god, what if we had a band of the Filthy Kevins? And I know when I see a meme, I send it right to you. I'm like, band name! Now... <laughs> Would the filthy Kevins all be dressed like Kevin McAllister? Oh yeah, from Home Alone. Oh yeah. Okay. And then I think, um, <laughs> like I've seen in some uh, some other shows, they're gonna have like the the robber guys like dressed up and show up at the the thing. Oh okay. Because like masked intruder, they're all masked. Yeah. But there's like you know cops that show up and stuff at their show like on stage. So I think it would be like a each show they'd have to be a different bandit though because if you remember the first time it was like they were the wet bandits then they were the sticky bandits <laughs> so they would have to like change their shtick each time yeah i think that i think it would be a home alone themed band very strange Ooh, or what if it's like a home alone themed show where they exclusively tour with a band called the bandits but every show, they call themselves like a different band name. So like their main band name is the Bandits. But then each show, it's like, yeah, like we're the Wet Bandits, like or we're the Sticky Bandits, and they always play together. <laughs> we're out there right now. Oh, I man, we're, um, we're just yeah. So that's that's my new band name. Yeah. So. Uh, the third EP that we that we decided to do this episode was one from a band that we uh, both are very into. They're pretty new, um, and this album is barely a year old. So this is probably this might be one of the newest albums that we've talked about, other than Spokemus and Weezer. Yeah, other than like two new releases for twenty twenty one. This might be the newest like EP from a new band that we've talked about. Right. Uh, so the band is called Goalkeeper, um, which we always aptly call Goaltender. And I made the mistake when I was looking them up on, on Spotify once and found out that there is in fact a band called Goaltender. But that's another episode, maybe. Uh, so the band is called Goalkeeper. They're from... They're from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, so, you know, city of brotherly love, I guess. Um, and this album, or this EP was released uh, September 25th, 2020. It's got five tracks, totals out around uh, 14 minutes and 42 seconds. So still under that 15 minutes. Yeah. Um. And so they they kind of had like some other like small releases up until this point. I think they had one other EP, but most of the stuff was released like as yes. singles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this album or this one was actually pretty interesting to read into because uh, they had they had a real star studded production crew 
on this, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of the newer bands that we've talked about, too, because they were formed in 2016. Yeah. So I don't, I think everybody else that we have talked about has been a band for a long time. Band. Yeah. Longer than the Ramones sometimes. Right. Um, yeah. I read that, like, they originally, this might be wrong, but I'm hoping that's not, oh, no, I think it was on their website. Um, they were cover band. Weren't they called the Pizzas? The Pizzas, yeah. Yeah. And they decided after playing together, they wound up forming this band. Yeah. Goalkeeper. Um, the thing that I thought was interesting too is that they were signed to Lost Music Collective in 2019, which was co-founded by Liss and Jake's Vinny Fiorello. And I didn't know that apparently he was involved in starting Fueled by Ramen too. Oh, you didn't know that? I did not. Oh yeah. Okay, He's like so- one of the founders. Well, yeah. So, Which like, is wild when you really think about it. Well, I'm just thinking of all the independent like labels and how they're all owned by <laughs> or started by people that are in bands. Well, yeah. And I guess, you know, why not? Yeah, because you had um, the one dude from Bad Religion that started Epitaph. Mm-hmm. You got have Fat Mike that started Fat. Um, I know the dude that runs Asian Man was also in a ska band, like a pretty prominent one. I can't think of which band it was off the top of my head, though. He was just on an episode of Krista Makes. But yeah, so I, I thought that was kind of cool. There's somebody else I, that I'm, I'm thinking, it's going to kill me if I don't if I don't figure it out. You have Taff, Lookout. Are you sure you're not thinking of Lookout? Probably. Because that was one of the guys from Pop Ivy. Yeah, Epitaph was Brett Gerwitz. Um, Lookout was up by the, um, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. So yeah, I've been having like this terrible memory thing and I don't know what it's about, but like the other day I Googled <laughs> SpongeBob's evil friend to find out <laughs> Plankton. And the reason I Googled it is to find a GIF <laughs> to send to somebody. Like I wanted the appropriate, like evil Plankton. Gotcha. So yeah, that was, that was a ride. I've been Googling crazy amounts of things that I can't remember. So if I misspeak here, it's going to be my shitty memory. Yeah, happens. Um, yeah. yeah, did you see Did you see who the production crew was for this? Yeah, I didn't write it down, but I was reading. So the, the uh, this EP was produced by Kevin Mahoney, who was in the band Hit the Lights. The band Filthy Kevin's. The band Filthy Kevin's. Missed opportunity. Filthy Kevin's and the Dirty Mahoney's. It was engineered by Will Pugh from Cartel, which is actually a big one. And I actually read that they were like super pumped that he was on board with working with them. Um, and I actually think that this might have been where I had my first exposure to them because I, f- I follow Will on Instagram and I know that he was like really like advertising for this band a lot. Okay. Yeah, I know I um, found goal- I found Goalkeeper by accident. Um, I think probably on Spotify it came up after, you know, like when you listen to something and it picks something similar. Right. So pick something similar and I'm like, what's this? Yeah. Um, either that or it was in my daily things that i was trying to listen to because it, it it's a good way to find some new stuff oh absolutely but yeah i remember hearing it and i sent you the link and you're like oh yeah i love these guys yeah and then uh it was mixed and mastered by seb barlow from the band neck deep so a couple of really big bands like in the pop punk scene mm-hmm. that helped put this record together which i i think is pretty cool oh yeah definitely um 
But yeah, so I guess we'll just kind of get into the tracks a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, so it opens with a song called Just Say It. Um, now, this was another one of those ones where I, I think maybe because it's so new, there wasn't a whole lot of in-depth. Well, yeah. Uh, but I also think that they they write really smart lyrics. Yeah, they're um, relatable. like um, Relatable storyteller kind of lyrics. Yeah. So, like, this song, I definitely got, like, um, I mean, and it, of course, when you read through the lyrics, you get it, too, where it's, this was kind of like, you know, a, a fight or kind of a hurdle in a relationship. Oh, yeah, like a, break, and, like a fighting breakup, potential breakup. And, but the, the thing that made it tough is that neither neither person wanted to really address it, which is why they kind of go with the, like, just say it. Like, you know, like, the, why don't you just say it? Like, just say what's on your mind. Just speak your mind. Right. Yeah, you hate when it's time to face it. You can't get back the time we wasted, so just say it. Right. I was like, man, that's... <laughs> Relatable. Relatable. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like this one. Yeah, I really it's a good way to start it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what's what's unique about them is that like just in general, like their their sound is very like it's got the like the pop punk vibe to it, but it's not all like you know, like super fast paced. Yeah, their music's uh, more deep and yeah. Emotional. The it's lyrics, very, very, very deep. It's got the lyrics of an emo. <laughs> right. And the sound of a pop punk band. Right. Two things we love married together. <laughs> hey. So that's followed up by the song Graveyard, um, which I kind of got when you really listen to it, it, it kind of gives you the, the idea of being like stuck in your own head and like stuck in your own head fear of the world fear of just fear of everything and like basically uh you know hiding away from the world oh yeah like you created this spot you, yeah. you know you built your own graveyard to rest your bones when life gets hard huh relatable Oof. but yeah it's that it's that it's that place where you get stuck right um and interesting that i mean it came out right in the middle of the pandemic stuff. And I'm just like, hmm, yeah, we're all feeling right. stuck right now. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I like those lyrics. It just brought like um, an image to me or feeling, I think, just emotion of how that feels. I also think that I, I really appreciate that that bands are, are so candid with addressing stuff like this. Because like, I mean, this this is, it's, addressing something like depression and anxiety and you know it's not a really easy thing to 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 really get into right and i think that like that is just as just as important in on an emotional level as the the mushy like makeup breakup kind of emo where like it's just as important to address the tumultuous relationship with your own brain i was gonna say with yourself like <laughs> yes that like it doesn't happen very often so i think it's really cool that like they're able to do that within their lyrics yeah and they don't shy away from it because like that's a that's like a common theme on this whole ep is like you know really dealing with yourself a lot 
Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, the lyrics that I liked, I mentioned the, the graveyard and then just avoid where your heart belong, belongs. So I was like, oof. Right. <laughs> Dead um, inside. <laughs> so the next track is called Black and Blue, which was the first single that I heard off of this uh, this EP. Catchy as hell. So good. So catchy. <laughs> I've been singing. It's been my earworm for days. Right. Um, yeah, the chorus is so catchy. Uh and uh, it's basically, this is another one where it's like, you're just stuck in a state, essentially. Like, you're just stuck in, like, a depression, and it just beats you down and holds you back from everything. And, I mean, you feel that. When you listen to the, the lyrics, you know, he talks about, like, didn't know what to do, life left me black and blue. And, like, he's saying, like, everything changes but I can't tell what's what's true, what's real. Like there's no, he doesn't have the capability to discern where to go. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it couldn't have come out at a better time because I think yeah, it's timely for everyone. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I liked the line that said, "Every time I wait here, I've wasted time I could have used," and I'm just like, man, I, I that's a that's a mood. Yeah. That's a whole mood I've got. Now, we actually watched uh, the reimagined version because they did another, a second version of this song um, just a couple months ago. Uh, it was released April 9th, 2021. And um, it's like a whole different song. It was funny because you <laughs> you played it for me before, I think, when it was released. And then I, I was like, oh, yeah, there's another version. And you're like, played it for you. And I think... It's because it sounds like such a different song. Right. That in my head, it doesn't connect. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's really interesting because the, the reimagined version is like, it's more stripped down. Um, there's more, it's acoustic guitar, kind of a, a lowered bass tone. You know, they there's a little bit of piano in the background. The drums are still there, but they're not like as intense. And then, like, it almost has, like, a folksy kind of vibe. I was just going to say that. But then also, you, it's still, it's the same song lyrically, but the way that he sings it, because he brings his voice down, like, he's singing in a completely different octave, totally different. The whole song, just the way that they put it together, sounds, it, it makes the message of the song so much more impactful right not that the other version doesn't but like this really like raw kind of acoustic-y folksy version just makes it that much more yeah and i feel like here after hearing this like it it, it shows like their talent absolutely as musicians and i i don't know i i guess we were talking about this earlier about how bands evolve and change and whatever and i think it just the versatility of like being able to play different like to give a song such a different feeling sure i think Absolutely. It's, it's it's real talent yeah well i mean we even talked about this with no effects yeah. like you know you have a whole ep of just like fast-paced punk songs and then you've got one one acoustic track on the on the whole thing that like it just 
it has such a different mood to it. You're just like, damn, like this is so impactful. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, I love both versions of this, but I, I think that like, it's just, it's just a well put together song. I, I just really, I enjoy it. Yeah. Like I said, kind of catchy as heck. Yeah. That's this for sure. And the next track of it in my head for days. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next song is called Happy. Uh, and it's the way that I kind of described it in my my notes here, but like I think it's a pretty a pretty spot on uh, kind of deciphering of the lyrics and everything is it's it's attempting to make the end of a relationship like as amicable as possible. Yep. But like it's just again, it's like you know you're lacing a sad song within well-written music but like it, it's it's powerful like oh yeah yeah the, the part that sticks in my head all the time is that we're getting stuck in the same old story we know the ending is getting boring i won't let this end badly i just want you to be happy and i was like well that's yeah because like they they don't they know that it's not working but they still want to be friends so i mean it's it's tough so that leads right into the the last track on the album which is called this is fine <laughs> Uh, which all the stuff that I read uh, about this, they made a reference to the the meme. Oh yeah. Uh, and the I meme mean, was a song. <laughs> if the meme was a song, for sure, this would be it. Because it's just it's about being stuck in a rut and just trying to find more, trying to find your way out. Is this the the song that has your favorite yep. line? Same. Yep, it is. This song has my favorite line on the whole entire album. And it's just... Same. I love the way it's delivered. I love the way it's written. And it definitely feeds into the meme theory. Oh, yeah. Because the line itself is, I'd rather fall asleep with a cigarette on a couch soaked in gasoline because at least I'll know what it feels like to burn and I'll know if I can feel something. And it's just like, God damn man like i know holy shit it yeah that one got me right in the feels right right directly in the feels and it was yeah it's the meme like brought brought into song right yeah that's such it's just such a like a it's such a powerful line like it's so artfully written and when you hear him say it you're just picturing that exact thing and you're just like damn dude like wow yeah um but also uh fastest song on the album yeah i didn't think about that but yeah like musical pace fastest song on the album which i think is a really strong way to end like because everything else is not to say that the whole album is slow right but this definitely feeds more into the like the pop punk vibe i think this is a really it's a strong closing track Mm -hmm. and with a line like that it's just it, that's the line that's been stuck in my head all week. Yeah, there's a few there's a few like super impactful lines in this the stuff that we've covered and I feel like that yeah. that's right up there with you're as welcome as cancer. My door's always unlocked. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like dark. It's got a yeah. dark <laughs> impactful. Or even even to go back to BNO uh where you, I mean, like, there's so many, but where That's you go, the ones with... 
where the, the audience, audience is all dead. dead. From that song, <laughs> though, actually. Uh, so come over to my house. We'll catch up over dinner. We're having strychnine and sirloin. Oh, yes. Port wine and paint thinner. You'll convulse through the chorus. It's the song of a sinner. Like, God what? Damn. What? Yeah. Yeah, see, no effects does that to me on the regular, too. Like, yeah, like, you're just ones. like, Jesus Christ. I feel like maybe I should isolate some of these lyrics of, like, a right. like a list at one point. Um, yeah, so since, um, like we talked about, they didn't have a ton of music out, so I listened to everything they had. Like, yeah. I mean, I have before, but I wound up listening to all of it again. So I wrote down a couple notes, just some shout-outs about songs that I liked because, you know, they're not well-known. Sure. So um, my favorite song by them is, is Sunshine, and I think that was the first one that i heard um it's from their bad times don't last ep i really like it it's, it's a very sweet song yeah um, it's it's a really really sweet song um yeah so there's that and then there's leftovers i love that song. <laughs> and we talked about how you know i didn't realize they were a little you know say a local band pennsylvania is pretty big um but yeah i didn't realize and you mentioned it but if you didn't i would have known from the song because there's this lyric that says, I feel like the leftovers in your fridge that you forgot about left me to freeze in the dark all alone. Like that hoagie from Wawa that you should probably throw out. I think I laughed out loud at that lyric just because. I yeah. Mean, yeah, I know. It, it's so funny because you're just like, wait, did he just say Wawa? And yeah. then you're like, wait, did he just say hoagie? Where are they from? Yeah, really. And I mean, Pennsylvania's got the, the Wawa Sheets feud, so right. I was like, they've got to be yeah. Eastern Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, the image of that was just like a sad hoagie. I've, I've felt like the sad hoagie, so I totally get it. Fuck. <laughs> sad hoagie is a whole ass mood. <laughs> I need that on a shirt. Like just like a sad, like a picture of just like a sad hoagie. I think I'd be sad hoagie for Halloween. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm gonna be the this is fine dog. Yes. Sad hoagie and this is fine dog. That's that's Halloween. It will be a pair. Halloween 2021. Watch out. <laughs> Either that, or I'm gonna go to the flaming dumpster from uh, the floating, oh yeah, the floating flaming dumpster. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. So those those two songs. I mean, I, I like all their stuff, but like those are standout ones for me. Well, I was kind of thinking, and I, I think that you you can agree with this. Uh, I'm just going to put all their stuff on the playlist for this episode because I feel like there's not a ton of it because they're still pretty new, but like it's worth listening to. Oh, yeah. For sure. So I'm just going to include their whole their whole Spotify do it. up until no- Do it. Do it. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I got to say, this was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Um, a little bit different, but back to kind of the same format uh, as the the regular episodes, we'll call them. Uh, but it, it was fun to kind of have what, what essentially would be one regular album. Yeah. But having three different bands compile that album together and i feel like this is what like the essence of what the podcast is about it's like the your mind ours yeah music and the the venn diagram that we talked about was you know the inspiration behind all this is you know what you like what i like and this is and then where we where we intersect and i think we've thrown a lot of stuff in the middle oh absolutely but you know goalkeeper is the one that we accidentally you know came across that we both were like yeah right away liked it 
Yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah. This was this was a good one. Uh, I'm sure we'll probably do another EPs oh, episode because yeah. there's, so there's so many more that we didn't get into and we can. So right. I definitely can see us doing another EPs episode in the future. Um. So before we wrap up, is there anything interesting you've listened to lately? Besides this, you've been doing a ton of research and listening of this, so I know you probably haven't heard much. Uh, no. Recently, I just the only thing I've really dove back into was, um, I just went back and listened to, uh, Trainwreck because it was the anniversary recently oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of its release and. I went back and listened to what album was it? Uh, Chiodos, All's Well That Ends Well, uh, because it was actually released on the same day as oh, Trainwreck. Okay. But I think they're, I think it's a little bit older. I think it's like four years older. But so I went back. I listened to both of those, and uh, I recently just started going back and listening to. Uh, the first AWOL Nation album. So just kind of random listening here and there. Yeah. Um, well, today I came across the new Found Glory new tracks. So yeah, I those which, out. yeah, I definitely um, have to really, check those really out. Really, really good. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, besides that, I was doing the research for my 500 list, which I've taken a little hiatus because this, you know, there's a lot of listening here yeah. that, I, that I did. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, Two of the standout ones that I listened to um, over the past couple weeks is The Far Side, which I didn't, I mean, I heard, heard them, but they're like a hip hop. Um, pretty, pretty hilarious. Like, I'm trying to think of what, what I could compare them to. Cause I did tell you like they had like De La Soul as their, you know, inspiration. Um, but yeah, interesting group. And I'm probably going to listen to them a bit more, um, say some other stuff. And uh, Bell and Sebastian, which um, had an interesting kind of backstory. Um, just check them out. Scottish band. <laughs> I know that that was the most random part. Well, Scottish band. And the thing that I was reading, like I told you, that they were the result of like a college program for unemployed musicians. And they release a track every year, like produce it and everything. And it was almost like the the manufactured boy band kind of thing. Right. But they were so successful at that track that they wound up releasing um, probably an EP. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Instead of just the track. So, I mean, like that. Um, I've also been listening to a lot of, like, pop stuff with my uh, my budding mu- music fan of a child who keeps introducing me to stuff. Olivia Rodrigo is pretty uh, catchy. I think I just recently heard a song from. You her. probably know "Good for You" because it's on, um, it's on TikTok as that song that sounds similar to um, Paramore. No, I think the the one that I recently heard is called "Driver's License." Oh, oh gosh, yes, that yeah. was the one that I've heard so many times. That I pretend it's not. <laughs> I've heard it so many times. That one and the "Deja Vu." Yeah. So. Uh, we also randomly uh, last weekend had a, a random dive into the thong song oh that was a fun time which was hilarious uh due to our last episode you know we had due to, to due to the filthy 15 
the thong song made an appearance on there, which then led us both down a rabbit hole of discovering. Well, we thought it was remade, and that was just like, why yeah. would they remake the thong song? That's uh, like remaking Ice Ice Baby or something. Like it's it it was good. Let except it... that they did, and it I was know, worse. Right? Yes. So it didn't it didn't do it any justice, and the thong song was the same way. And then we watched that random documentary about the thong song. Oh which, yeah, the little vice look, documentary. Guys, I'm telling you, if you if you want to spend twenty minutes just getting a good chuckle, watch the Vice documentary about the thong song. It it is very interesting. Like they- They've got a bunch of them too. I'm gonna go and look and see. Yeah, what else I, I got, saw but that. The, the thong song was. <laughs> uh, but then somehow that led us into like a dive into Will Smith. Probably the Cisco connection because uh, he was in Wild Wild West. In Wild Wild West, yeah. yeah. And then we just listened to Will Smith for like an hour and talked about how great ta- we thought Will Smith was. Right. I. And Josh, uh, let me l- listen to him uh, spouting out the lyrics. <laughs> You're saying spouting. In a very nice way. Uh, I was literally just speaking them more so in an ashamed way because I knew them. Oh, I know them too. Uh, I wasn't ashamed. I love Will Smith. Yeah, we, we, we're not ashamed of our musical. Absolutely uh, not. I'm not ashamed of anything that I listen to. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a good time here. And I'm yeah, glad that we were able to uh to do this because now i think we're going to be exposing you guys to a new band that we both really like and two other you know real standouts in our libraries personally uh so look out for the playlist for this one uh it's going to be a good one yeah uh so as always you can find us all over social media we're on uh facebook Twitter, Instagram, uh, at S-I-M-H pod on all three of those. Um, You can find us on iTunes, Amazon Music, uh, Spotify, and SoundCloud if you're nasty. (laughs) I'm never going to stop laughing when you say that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and you know, we got more to come. We got a real big episode it's uh in it's works. in the works right now we have a lot of lot of work to do on this episode but I'm very excited very very excited for this episode much it's excite. coming up much excite much wow much excite uh but yeah as always guys thank you so much for listening Thanks. uh you know <laughs> make sure that you share your music um with with everybody cuz you know you never know when you're going to find something new to listen to and uh <laughs> go goalkeeper and don't forget to get those uh those playlists in guys we're gonna keep this open till the end of the month the end of the month of august i should say we're gonna extend it to the end of august so keep going uh but thanks guys thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time Bye.